Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Chapter 12, how to hear from God. There are a number of things that we can do to help us hear more clearly from God. The following could be of help to you. Firstly, change your Bible to a brand new one every so often to give you a new perspective on God's holy word. Secondly, with sermon preparation, rather get your heart right instead of trying to prepare a masterpiece. Thirdly, meditate on God and His precious Word. The Oxford Dictionary says to meditate is to focus one's mind for a period of time for spiritual purposes. This can be done in many different ways, such as listening to inspirational gospel music or going for a walk in nature. We are so concerned about our physical health but how concerned are we about our mental and spiritual well-being? In this busy environment in which we live, we desperately need to give our minds a complete rest, and we need to do it consistently. Fourthly, bear in mind that conversational prayer time with Jesus is spending time with your best friend. Never turn your back on God. If you have issues, then you need to voice them to the Father, but always with the greatest respect. People are always saying how they fear the devil, but the truth of the matter is that the person we really need to be sure that we never offend or get on the wrong side of is Jesus Christ. In fact, he said himself, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Lastly, when you are looking for answers, remember this. You will receive them if you are ready and patient enough to wait for them. This world is desperately looking for role models who will inspire people to great things. But unfortunately, they are few and far between. Everyone seems to be so caught up with themselves that they have no time for anyone else. Father God has been my mentor for a good 33 years now. And I can honestly say he has never once disappointed me. That relationship was birthed in the booth where he strengthens me, rebukes me, and then encourages me to keep on by faith. Truthfully, if it wasn't for Jesus being my inspiration, I would never have attempted the exploits God has called me to. 
the fact that they were successful, every one of them, and exceeded my wildest dreams is because of the inspiration of Jesus through his holy word and his presence through the Holy Spirit during my quiet times. Inspired by God. Jesus cannot inspire you to great things if you are not present. If you are too busy to listen to his game plan for you. Every time any of the great patriarchs did anything remarkable for God, it was always when they spent time alone waiting on him. These include Moses and the burning bush, David and his father's sheep, Elijah and the brook at Cherith, and Jesus at Gethsemane. God inspired them to do great feats that are known all over the world, even today, thousands of years later. After the encounter with God at the burning bush, Moses had enough inspiration to go back to Egypt and to tell the Pharaoh to let his people go. David spent years looking after his father Jesse's sheep. He spent time ministering to God with his harp and fought off lions and bears because he was so inspired the giant Goliath never intimidated David in the slightest. Elijah was a mighty prophet of the Lord. Why? Because God inspired him at the brook Cherith to do great things. Then we have our master himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, after asking his father to remove the cup from him, said, Not my will, but yours be done. Luke chapter 22 and verse 42. Subsequently, the greatest feat in history took place. Jesus took on the hordes of hell. They were defeated by the man on the cross of Calvary. We too, like these spiritual giants of the Bible, need only to look to God to be inspired to do great exploits for Him and to expect great things from Him. It is the people that we spend time with that influence our decision-making and ultimately our very lives. If we really desire to become like Jesus, then we need to spend precious and individual time in His presence. Begin the day with Jesus. Quiet time should be preferably early in the morning. Why? Well, when you spend time with Jesus first thing in the morning, He sets your pace for the day. He influences your attitude and decision-making for the day ahead. Read the following hymn in a prayerful manner. It is so expressive of what I am saying. Written many years ago by Horatio Bonner. 1808-1889 Begin the day with God. He is thy sun and day. He is the radiance of thy dawn. To Him address thy day. Sing a new song at morn. Join the glad woods and hills. Join the fresh winds and seas and plains. Join the bright flowers and rills. Sing thy first song to God, not to thy fellow man, 
not to the creatures of his hand, but to the glorious one. Take thy first walk with God. Let him go forth with thee by stream or sea or mountain path. Seek still his company. Thy first transaction be with God himself above. So will thy business prosper well all the day be love. Spiritual discipline. Many men and women of the faith accomplish remarkable things for God, like translating the Bible and writing books well before the sun came up. For me personally, I find the best time is the early hours of the morning, just before the sun comes up. It is so quiet, so peaceful, and it always feels to me like I can hear the voice of Jesus that much more clearly. It is probably because there is no disturbance, but in order to rise extra early in the morning, we need to be that much more disciplined in our personal lives, such as getting to bed at a decent time. It is no coincidence that our Father uses some people and not others. People have often come and asked me about it. If you look at such people's lifestyles, you will often see that there is no commitment. They can't get up in the morning for a start. Or because they start late, they compromise their quiet time with Jesus. They rush through their Bible reading and prayer time, and they can't really hear what the Holy Spirit is telling them. So they go out into the world with no game plan and no inspiration and become prime targets for disaster. You will find that if you rise early in the morning and give God the first fruits of your day, then you will always be ahead and you have that extra time to really enjoy God's creation. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, just like the Bible says in Psalm 34 and verse 8. This is like savoring a good meal. Instead of wolfing it down because you are late for your next appointment, as a result, you never even taste the flavor. But having a leisurely meal means that you can take your time and really enjoy the good cooking. Food eaten slowly will do your digestive system a lot of good. How much more so in the quiet time with Jesus? So what are we saying there? Well, if we want God to inspire us, we need to get out of bed in the morning and we need to seek Him first before anyone or anything else. Then when we have heard His gentle voice, we can face the day with confidence and vision, knowing clearly where we are going and what God expects from us. Chapter 13, Wisdom from God. Something that is becoming harder every day in modern society is to be on one's own without any interruption. It takes a tremendous amount of self-discipline to come aside each day 
and spend time with Jesus and to not allow cell phones or anything else to get between us and our time with God. It is probably the main reason why it is so important to have a physical place that is private, a booth of sorts that is not easily accessible to others. If possible, it should have no outside connections like phones, computers, or two-way radios. The only person who should have access is your spouse, who will also understand the value of you being alone with God. All of us need to make critical decisions in our life, decisions that could affect our loved ones and even the society in which we live. I heard a wonderful story that illustrates this. Many years ago, when Jill and I had just become Christians, we were at our first conference in Johannesburg. The speaker was from America, a quietly spoken man. I have never forgotten the story that he told. I don't remember the speaker's name, but the story is such a good example of a great man of God who refused to make any major decisions without seeking our Heavenly Father's approval. A lesson from Russia. The person in the story was a man named Anil. He lived in Russia in the wide open plains about 300 years ago. He was the head of a nomadic tribe which had herds of cattle, sheep, and horses. They were very happy with their lifestyle, living in tents, and moving with their herds and flocks. They were a God-fearing people who paid homage to no one but God. This caused trouble for them because the Tsar of Russia accused the little tribe of believers of treason, saying they were rebellious. They refused to bow the knee to anyone but the Lord. Because of this, Anil and his people were continually hunted by the Tsar's mounted Cossacks, who were ruthless and were feared by all. However, Anil and his little band of followers could never be caught. A sentry would be posted on a hilltop with a trumpet, and as soon as he spotted the enemy, he would blow the ram's horn. The tribe would literally pull down the camp and move on within minutes, and the cavalry would never find them. The strength of the little tribe was because of its unity, so it was vital that everyone in the camp pulled together. The members of the tribe helped each other, and there was no infighting or disagreement. Anil was a master at keeping law and order. He had an intimate relationship with his Savior, Jesus, and would never make a decision without first going into his booth and hearing from God. One day, all hell broke loose in the camp, and the leaders came to talk to Anil. They told him that there was a thief in the tribe. The person had brought disunity among the people because they could no longer trust one another. They were all looking at each other with suspicion not knowing who the culprit was. Anil retreated to his booth and remained there for three days in fasting and prayer. 
After the three days, Anil came out of his booth, summoned the whole tribe together with the leaders, and severely rebuked them. This petty crime could cost them their lives, he said, because if there was no unity, then Father God would not bless them and protect them. Anil said that if it happened again, the thief, when caught, would be stripped down to the waist, tied to a wagon wheel, and thrashed with a bullwhip 39 times. And with that, he dismissed the people. There was no stealing after that. But after a time, it started all over again. The leaders came to Anil, ashamed and hardly knowing what to say. When Anil heard the news, he became gravely concerned about the possible repercussions. He told the leaders to set a trap for the thief and when caught to bring the culprit to him. They would make a public example of him so that it would never happen again. Eventually, the thief was caught and brought before the tribe. What confronted Anil broke his heart, for there before him stood the thief, his 86-year-old mother. The people were also shattered and felt very heart sore for their leader. Anil told the people that he would return to his birth and wait on the Lord and then tell them what God had said. After a few days, a very forlorn and tired man returned, called the tribe together once more and said, the sentence will be carried out. The people could hardly believe it, knowing that Anil's elderly mother could never take such a whipping and still be alive. And the lashes would be taken on a bare back as well. Anil had spent time with God, weighed up the complete picture, and realized the severity of the situation. He could not simply dismiss the charge as it would just encourage more division. He couldn't bear to look on as his mother was whipped. So he decided to take the punishment himself. The question is, do you think Anil's mother would ever steal again after having witnessed her innocent son being whipped for something he never did? And of course, the answer has to be very definite. No, of course. When we look at the story, it very clearly reminds us of what the Lord Jesus did for you and me on the cross of Calvary. Therefore, how can we willingly sin again? What I'd really like to stress with this story is that this very wise leader did nothing whatsoever, made no decisions without first seeking God's counsel in his quiet time. That is why he was so effectively used by the Lord. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Boost. 